Our text today is in Luke. We've been going through the sayings and what Jesus did in Luke chapter number 10 for our text today. Uh, next week, as I said, we will have our 4th of July service celebrating the Independence Day and the history of our country. Luke chapter 10 for our text. My uncle Ed was loved by many people. And my mother, Evelyn, was very fond of Uncle Ed. And he always said things to make people feel special. Uh, he was married to my mother's older sister. And he used to say, I married the old bitty, but Evelyn is the pretty one. <laughs> or he would say, I married the mean sister, but Evelyn is the nice one. So, of course, my mother loved it when Uncle Ed came for a visit. And one fall day, Uncle Ed came. He was on his way to Florida uh, for the winter, so he'd come and one day stay, leave the next day. So our mother decided she's going to give Uncle Ed the best supper that she could prepare. And I was amazed when I went to the supper table that night. I'd never quite seen it like that. Mom absolutely filled the table with special dishes that Uncle Ed would especially like. Uh, fresh, sweet corn, steaming hot, homemade bread, hamburgers, a big bowl of steaming hot cauliflower. And Uncle Ed raved about all the food with his usual charm. He said how oh, this was the best meal he'd ever seen. And Mom said, I did it all for you. And he said, all for me? And then he reached out and he grabbed something out of the cauliflower. And he said, is this for me too? And it was a great big fat green worm. <laughs> and he held it up and showed everybody that great big fat worm. Then he set it right down on his plate. And he said, all for me. <laughs> My poor mother was mortified. And there he was licking his chops like he was going to eat that great big fat worm. My mother apologized over and over, saying, I never saw that green worm because it was the same color as the cauliflower. And she waited on him hand and foot for the rest of the meal. He enjoyed every minute of that meal, I'll tell you. My mother had done her best to serve a perfect meal. But Uncle Ed found a way that that green worm, and uh, he knew just how to use it to make the meal one of the most memorable meals we ever shared. We all laughed, and most of all, we all loved each other. Uncle Ed made it a supper to remember, as if it couldn't have worked out any better. I still am recalling putting that big fat worm on his plate and saying, mm-mm, all for me. So... In our text today, we have a similar event. It's a meal, specially prepared, all full of love, with an unusual twist that makes it one of the special meals in the life of Jesus. The setting for our text is a holiday season. It's a very special Jewish holiday called the Feast of Tabernacles. It was a week-long celebration, and people went to Jerusalem for the event. It was sort of a, what you might call a national campout. 
Its purpose was to celebrate when the Jewish people went out of slavery in Egypt to freedom, and they lived in tents. And so to celebrate, the people built little lean-tos or booths out of tree branches and covered them with leaves and palm branches and something green and fresh. And they lived in these little lean-tos for a week, cooking and eating and camping out together. And the streets of Jerusalem were filled with those leafy lean-tos, hundreds of them throughout Jerusalem. Everybody enjoyed camping out. It took place in the fall when it was usually nice weather. So people traveled to Jerusalem to celebrate the holiday. However, there was someone who was not welcome in Jerusalem. And more and more, the Jewish leaders and the scribes and Pharisees attacked Jesus and rejected him until it was a little dangerous for Jesus to even go to Jerusalem. But Jesus had a place where he was always welcome. In a little town called Bethany, just two miles outside of Jerusalem, away from the critical eyes of the Jewish leaders, Jesus often stopped there as a safe place for him and a place where he was always welcome. So let's see where it is and who invites Jesus to dinner. Luke chapter 10, verse number 38. It came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her home. The place is the home of two ladies, Uh, with whom we have become very familiar. Martha, the older sister, and Mary, the younger one, and a brother who we know was named Lazarus. The holiday, it's the fall feast of tabernacles. So it was very likely that there was a courtyard. It was probably a large house because Mary and Martha seemed to be very well off. And so very likely in the courtyard in the center of their house, you'd find a booth, a lean-to made with sticks and branches and leaves, big enough for several people to sit and talk and eat and share the day together. But something happens that will make this a famous meal, but it's not something good, but rather something becomes a tense moment. So let's see what happens. Verse number 39. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bitter, therefore, that she helped me. And so, it seems that there is a little tension at the meal, even to the point that Martha says to Jesus, don't you care either? Can't you see it? Doesn't it bother you that Mary won't help me serve? Can't you see that? Well, You might say it's out now. 
right? Words once spoken never go away. And now it's been said. And 2,000 years later, we still read about the moment of tension between Martha and Mary and Jesus. What will Jesus say? Well, it's one of those moments when somebody needs to say the perfect words to calm down the tension. So let's see what Jesus says, verse 41. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Now most preachers would comment and say that Martha was all wrong, that Jesus put her in her place, Mary did right, and Jesus commended her, and that's the end of the story. But I'm not so sure about that. I find this a fascinating event. It doesn't look like much on the surface, just a little skirmish. But let's think about it and see if we can learn something. See if we can learn something about Jesus, and more than that, something about you and something about me. So I want you to consider this possibility. I want you to use your imagination. What would you do if Jesus came to your house for dinner? Imagine what you would do if Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, actually came into your house for dinner to share a meal. What would you do? How would you behave? Let me ask you this. Would you serve him peanut butter and jelly? I asked myself that question. I had to really stop and think about that. There was a time in my life when I was young, the only food we had in our house was peanut butter and jelly. And I thought, what would we have done if Jesus came to dinner and all we had was peanut butter and jelly? And then I thought, well, I know what mom would have done, invited him to come and share what we had. And Jesus would have gladly sat down at our table and shared our peanut butter and jelly. Jesus would have instinctively known that the meal shared which was much more important than what you ate. But rather stop and consider this. You are well off like Mary and Martha were. You got a refrigerator and a freezer full of food. So, what would you serve Jesus? Why, I would find the best steak in the freezer and the freshest greens and the sweetest potatoes And I would serve Jesus the very best I had. Why? To honor him, of course. 
I would cook that steak and season it and make sure it was a little pink in the middle and take it sizzling hot off the grill and put it directly onto his plate because I would want to honor Jesus with the very best I could prepare. Like mom's dinner for Uncle Ed. Fill the table with the best you have. Now, isn't that what Martha did? Oh, yes. When other people were critical of Jesus and shunned Jesus, Martha threw open the door and said, Come in. You're welcome. It's a delight to have you here. What can I get you? And she served up the very best she had. And I'll tell you what, I'm right with Martha. My friends, there are a lot of Martha souls who will only and willingly serve Jesus the very best they have. Hard-working people who serve Jesus with a cheerful heart and gladly give their best to the Master. Oh, my friends, I'm right with Martha. No criticism from me. But let's stop and think about Mary. Jesus comes and sits down. Right away, he starts to talk. And he's got such a way of explaining things. And one thing leads to another. He doesn't ramble when he talks. He ties everything together. He's not like some preachers are. They repeat themselves over and over and over again. And you could leave for ten minutes and never miss a thing. Oh no. Jesus is so fascinating that you just can't walk away. And pretty soon, you just sit down and listen and drink in every word because you can't walk away. I'm lost in his words, captivated by his stories, riveted by his explanations. And guess what? I'm with Mary too. I can't walk away. Some people have... Merry souls. They love to listen. They can't get enough. They get lost in his words, just like Mary. So you have Martha, the ambitious server. Good job, Martha. You got Mary, the thoughtful listener. Good job, Mary. So what happened? If they both were doing so well, what happened? The old King James says Martha was cumbered with much serving. It's a word we don't use anymore. Somewhere there was a subtle change in Martha's attitude. She started out saying, I'm going to serve Jesus the best meal he's ever had. Then she got focused on 
what Mary was doing, or more precisely, what Mary was not doing. And she got cumbered, is the word in King James. Or it means burdened down. Instead of cheerfully cooking and serving the meal, she began to think, why am I doing all the work? It's not fair. And she even complained that Jesus wasn't being fair. My friends, sometimes you need to realize that when you serve the Lord, you may be alone. Don't get out of focus and get all worried about what somebody else is not doing. Martha started so well, but got out of focus. And all she could think about was Mary not helping me. If she would have cheerfully served the rest of the meal, she would have been perfect. But now she snapped at Jesus. What will he say? He says, Martha, Martha. He says it twice. He'd done that before when he talked to Peter. Peter, Peter. Now, Martha, and she's all nervous. Martha, Martha, listen to me. Hear me well. Martha, Martha, your mind is racing. Stop, Martha, stop. Then Jesus says three distinct, different things. Number one, one thing he says is needed. Number two, Mary made a choice. And number three, she will never lose what she got. Consider with me what Jesus said first. It's very unusual. You never hear Jesus say this. Only here. He says, one thing is needed. In your life, as it unfolds, you need one thing. Now, we tend to think, I need a lot of things. (laughs) But no, Jesus said, you really need one thing. Mary was listening to Jesus' word, and she was taking them into her heart. A single focus, a non-distracted mind, She focused on Jesus' words, and as he spoke, life was springing up inside of her heart. Now, I'm sure at the beginning, Martha was there to greet Jesus and to welcome him, but she decided to go serve the meal. But Mary, Jesus said, also made a choice. I'm going to listen to Jesus. You say to me, Eric, I'm not like Mary. Jesus doesn't come 
to my house and sit at my table. I agree. I agree. Mary had a wonderful advantage. Jesus came to her house. But my friends, Jesus said, there's one thing you need, and you really need this. Jesus said also, it's your choice. You can choose it. You get to choose this. So here's what you can do. You can go into your room somewhere and you can close the door and you can pray. You can pray to Jesus. And then in some quiet place, you can open your Bible and you can read. And you say, I don't know what to read. Then always I tell you, read the words printed in red. Those are Jesus' words. And with no distraction, read them until you hear them in your heart. Be like Mary, mesmerized. Be lost in his words. And if you do that, and that's what you need to do, Jesus says you'll get something that no one can ever take from you. Well, my friends, do you know what that is? Do you know what you will get that will never be taken away? Listen to it. I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus talked and Mary listened and Mary fell in love with Jesus. And we read later on at another dinner at their house, Martha served, this time willingly without complaining. But Mary brought an alabaster box of expensive perfume. And she poured it on Jesus' feet and on his head. And she anointed him with love and tears. And Jesus said, they're going to talk about this wherever the gospel is preached and we do. We say that Mary loved Jesus deeply, and it is recorded that Jesus loved her back. My friends, can you make a choice to focus on Jesus every day? To pray, to read, to listen to the Bible explained. Until you feel the love of Jesus filling you up and flowing out of you. And if you have a Martha spirit, can you serve him cheerfully and alone if that's needed? And not focus on what others didn't do. But focus on how you can honor your Savior. Aren't you glad Jesus went to Martha's house for dinner that day? Now you know the one thing you really need. 
May God bless you as you both serve and sit for Jesus. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wisdom in the Bible. We want to learn it, make it a part of our thinking. So open up our hearts and minds that we might serve you best and sit for you best and learn and get the one thing we really need. We're glad that you told us that that day, that it is recorded what happened. We ask that as you record our lives and you go through what we do, that there'll be a good record that we have served you willingly no matter what or who else did and that we have sat with you to learn from you and to draw strength from you and we know that's what we need so bless us as we do those things and help us to serve you better we ask in jesus name amen in closing like you turn your hymn books if you will the 295. Stand together as we sing 295, Nearer Still Nearer.
Dear Lord, we come to you today knowing that we oftentimes forget the most important thing in our life, the thing that is good. Help us, whether we have the heart of a Mary or the heart of a Martha, to choose that good thing, to serve without complaining, to love you and to love those around us, to be kind like Jesus. Help us to seek after you. Help us to long to be more like you. We pray that we would live our life each day to long and to search for you more and more. We ask for these things. We ask that our attitudes would be right. Help us. Protect us as we go from this place today. Bring us back with a great heart of worship. Throughout this week, touch us each and every day. Help us to seek after you, we pray. We thank you for the love you have for us and your protection. In your name we pray. Amen.